Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Yeah. I'm in God Mode. Hey guys, welcome to God Mode. So happy you could join me. You know, today we're starting a brand new message series. It's called When Pigs Fly, Do You Believe in Miracles? How many of you have ever heard that phrase before, when pigs fly? If you don't know what that phrase means, it's kind of a sarcastic phrase that people use when something is likely not going to happen. I mean, for example, if I were to say I'm going to win a dance contest, an appropriate response would be when pigs fly. It's probably not going to happen. You know, I would argue today that the word miracle is losing some of its power. Some people today would say, I believe we have a miracle working God. God does miracles, but he probably wouldn't do it for me. God did miracles long ago, but it probably won't ever happen to me. I think the word miracles losing some power today when it's used. It's often wrongly used. For example, someone might say, I went to the mall on Saturday and the parking spots were all full and I came to the mall and there was a parking spot up close. It's a miracle. That's not a miracle. What happened is the lady left Dillard's at the exact right time, got in her car when you were pulling up. That is not a miracle. What is a miracle? A miracle is when God in heaven intervenes on earth. It's when all the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God intervenes in your life. That is a miracle. And I believe we still have a miracle-working God. If you pull into the mall and every spot is taken with cars and they all part when you pull up, that's a miracle when our God intervenes. I'm curious, how many of you listening today, there's something in your life right now where you would love to see God intervene on your behalf? or on behalf of somebody you love. This is what we're gonna talk about for the next four weeks. We're gonna talk about miracles. Outside of the changed life, every miracle you see in the Bible will fall into one of four categories. And that's what we're gonna talk about in the upcoming weeks. We're gonna show and look at the different types of miracle. Next week, we're gonna talk about the miracle of healing. If you need physical healing, or if you know someone who does, we're going to be praying for miracles, and we're going to look at why God does these, why God sometimes doesn't, and we're going to talk about the miracles of healing. We're going to talk about the miracles of protection, how God divinely protects people. We're going to talk about the miracles of provision. You're hurting financially, and God miraculously provides. Today, we're going to talk about perhaps the least talked about type of miracle. Some would say it's the most creepy type of miracle. We're going to talk about the miracles of deliverance. When God does miracles over the forces and power of darkness. When God does miracles and displays his power over demonic forces. Now, some of you very likely right now might say, this is going to get weird. You may be thinking, I'm not even sure I believe in demons or the forces of darkness. I like what someone said. Someone said this, the greatest trick the devil ever played was to convince the world that he does not exist. 
One of the greatest lies that our spiritual enemy tells us is that he's not a force fighting against the kingdom of God and the kingdom of his truth. In fact, I want to look at scripture to build a foundation today from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6.12. And this is what Paul says. We need to remember that Christianity is not a playground. Christianity is a battleground that the natural world that we see is not all there is. There's just not a natural world. There's also a spiritual world. And Paul tells us clearly when he says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. In other words, your mean boss, your annoying mother-in-law, or the person who argues with you on Facebook, they are not your real enemies. We have spiritual enemies, he says. They're not flesh and blood enemies, but we battle against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world and against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. We're doing battle against the forces of darkness, demonic forces. You may say, well, what is a demon? A lot of people believe that a demon is the spirit of the dead. In other words, my uncle Ben, he was a hell raiser and now he's dead. He's a demon. No, your uncle's not a demon. Demon is not the spirit of the dead. The place in case you want to do a little research on your own that most theologians bring an understanding of demons from would be the Old Testament Isaiah 14 and in the New Testament Revelation 12. In Isaiah 14, you see Lucifer, which is another name for the devil. Lucifer makes the five I will statements. Essentially, to summarize, he says, I will be like God. I will ascend to the highest place. Five different times he says, I will be like God. God says, there is no one like me. And so God casts Lucifer, a worshiping creature who becomes competitive with God, out of heaven. Then Lucifer takes with him one-third of the angels. According to Isaiah 14 and Revelation 12, most Bible scholars would say that the demons are the fallen angels that left heaven with Lucifer whenever God cast him out. So what do we know about demons? There's one devil, there's many demons. What an angel is to God, a demon is to the devil. Demons do the work of our spiritual enemy in dark realms, trying to take people away from the kingdom of God. That's a lot to think about. If you're going to ask me, where do we get it wrong often days, kind of in the church world when it, when it comes to the forces of darkness? I think we make two mistakes, depending on where you're from. You likely fall into one or two of these categories. The two biggest mistakes, in my opinion, when it comes to demons is, first of all, we overemphasize demonic influence. In some church cultures, we overemphasize demonic influence. In other words, there's a demon under every rock. My phone fell off the table because a demon knocked it off. You can't blame every problem. I'm broke because of the devil. No, you're broke because you brought three outfits, a pair of shoes, have an iPhone, too expensive of a car, and you went to the beach for spring break. That's why you're broke. You can't blame every problem on the devil. You can't. Contrary to me, you what you want to tell yourself, the devil did not make you eat the whole thing. That's your fault. In some places, we overemphasize demonic influence, blaming everything on the devil. In other cultures, I would argue that we underemphasize demonic influence. We underemphasize demonic influence. In other words, while not every problem is caused by the devil, I would also argue that more problems than most realize are caused by the forces of darkness.
What do demons do? If we want to understand how God miraculously works over the power of darkness, what are the roles of demons? What do demons do? Let me give you three thoughts. They'll do more, but these are the three main categories. First of all, demons tempt you to sin. Demons tempt you away from the will of God to sin in life. In fact, when Paul was talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, he talked about a group of people and said that one day they're going to come to their senses and they're going to escape from the trap of the devil. The devil tries to set up tempting traps to take you away from God. And he said they'll even escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. What will the demons do in some sort of form or fashion? They'll communicate to you. They'll convince you of their lies. They'll whisper to you, go ahead. You deserve it. Watch out. Touch it. Smoke it. I don't know if they really talk that way, but that's kind of the way, you know, you deserve it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot it. Take it. Whatever it is, what they'll do is they'll minimize sin on the front side. Hey, everybody does it. It's not a big deal. It's nobody's business to tell you how to live. It's your life. You're not hurting anybody. You can do this. And then when you do sin, they no longer minimize it. They maximize it. God will never love you. God could never use you. You've ruined your life. What do they do? In some form or fashion, they communicate and tempt you as the devil lays traps and demons try to take you away from serving God. They also will try to distract you from God's will. They'll try to distract you. Paul again in Timothy, in Timothy 1, chapter 4, he said, Spirit, God's Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Some of you who would know somebody like this. Unfortunately, some of you might be somebody like this. There was a time when you were walking with God, but then deceiving spirits led you away from the purity of the gospel into all sorts of other false doctrines. For example, it's really kind of common today. Hey, it really doesn't matter what you believe. All roads lead to God. I mean, you can kind of take what works for you. You might take a little bit of Buddhism. You might take a little bit of Christianity. You might take a little bit of New Age and you kind of put it in, maybe a little more witchcraft. And you just want to put it all together and mix it up because it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And suddenly someone who maybe had a pure faith, they're distracted and they're taken away by demonic voices and things that are taught by demons. What do we know about Jesus? Why he came? We know that Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. We know that Jesus came to set the captors free. We know that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We know that Jesus came not for those who are healthy, but he came for the sick. Jesus did not come for the self-proclaimed righteous, but Jesus came for the sinners. He came to set people free. What is Satan's mission? It's very clear in John's Gospel, chapter 10. His mission is to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's what the Prince of Darkness is all about. What does he want to do? 
Satan will try to inflict injury or pain. Demons, they may influence depression. They may influence suicidal thoughts. They may influence feelings of desperation. They want to destroy your marriage. They want to ruin your testimony. They want to wreck your finances, steal your joys, or obliterate your health. Demons want to crush your children. It's not a game. It's not a little red guy with little horns and a little porch fit trying to run around with his tail like a cartoon. This is the forces of darkness that hate God and the kingdom of light and his mission through every demonic spirit is to hurt what matters to the heart of God. And nothing matters more to God than you. What do we do? I mean, are you creeped out yet? What do we do? If we recognize that we are in a spiritual battle, should we be afraid? Do we need to be on guard? Let me give you one big thought. And this is for those of you that are in Christ. This is for those of you who have been transformed by the grace of Jesus. If you are in Christ, if you have been chained, if you are filled with his spirit, you need to understand this, that you have miraculous authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say it again because I'm believing that there's somebody listening today that may feel the weight and the strength of what this says. If you are in Christ, you have miraculous authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. As we fight in the battle, we need to understand that we are not fighting with our own power, but we are fighting with the power of Christ. In fact, Matthew 10:1 tells us how we tap into that power. He says this, Jesus called his disciples to him. And what did Jesus give them? Jesus gave them authority. Come on, say that with me. Authority. Jesus gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, demonic spirits, and to heal every disease and every sickness. Jesus gave them authority to use his power. Let me unpack this. Imagine for a moment, if you will, that I'm a police officer. Imagine I'm a police officer standing in the middle of the road. And imagine that an 18-wheeler is coming my way. If as a police officer, I tell the 18-wheeler to stop, do I have the physical power to make that vehicle stop? The answer is no, I don't have the power. The driver has the power to make me a smudge mark in the middle of the highway, right? What do I have? Jesus said, I give you authority. What I do have is my, what I don't have is my own power. But what I have is a little badge that says I have authority. If this driver is coming and I am a police officer, I can say stop. And even though I don't have the power, I have the authority. And if he does not obey the authority, there is a higher power. Can you see where I'm going? To which he must answer to. Even though in my own life, I don't have the power to defeat darkness. I have the authority to declare the name that is above every name, the name who has all the power over all the darkness, the name of Jesus. If you are in Christ, you have authority over all darkness in the name of Jesus. Let's look at this further. You know, the first time I came across this, this was, was obviously very spiritual when I was a very young believer. 
This first time I ever saw this, I was in Mexico on a mission trip and it was late in the evening and we were speaking. And as I was speaking, right in the middle of the service, this young lady comes right out of the crowd and just began to scream and to shout and have convulsions and really demonstrating all the demonic actions we, we've heard about. And I, at first I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And, and then some other pastors and we just began to be praying over her. And I mean, she grabbed me, she bit me, she kicked me. I mean, even at one point, I did, I, this person I've never met before, she didn't even speak English, yelled out my name and, and cursed me in English. Right then I knew the devil was real. But after praying for a while, this old man who came up, who understood the authority that he had to use the name of Jesus over the forces of darkness, and he simply took authority over it and said, in the name of Jesus, that's enough. And it was finished. And it was just unbelievable. And I went home that night and I was like, wow, that was just crazy. And the, I was preaching again the next day. And I remember preaching. And after the service, this beautiful young woman comes up to me and gives me this hug. And I look over the pastor and I'm going, okay, who is this? He goes, this is Maria from last night. I'm telling you, you couldn't even recognize her. The transformation was amazing. You see, if you are in Christ, what I hope you'll understand is that you have authority in the name of Jesus over darkness. Who do we serve? We serve a miraculous working God who gives you authority over darkness. Let's be honest. It sounds kind of weird. And so it's difficult to remember. Why? Because we're just trying to get through the day. I got to pay the bills. I got to get the dishes done. I got to get to work and deal with all the things I got going on. And I'm trying not to kill my kids. They're like drunk squirrels everywhere. And they're holding me hostage in my own house, right? I'm just trying to get through the day. And what I often don't recognize is that there's a force of darkness trying to inflict division between me and my wife. There's forces of darkness trying to not just damage, but destroy my kids. Suicidal thoughts, anger, let's cut. I mean, it goes on and on. There's forces of darkness that wanted you to be dependent on a chemical or a lustful image to where you need something else just to get through the day. So you'll be a prisoner to something. Forces of darkness. What do we do when, with this when we recognize that every day, every day we're in a spiritual battle? I'm going to give you a couple, couple of thoughts. It will lead us into kind of an application. Two things not to assume. First of all, don't assume that every problem is the result of demonic influence. They're not. Sometimes you just did something wrong. We're in a painful world. Not every problem is a result of demonic influence. At the same time, let me encourage you not to assume that any problem isn't. Don't assume every problem is and don't assume any problem isn't. Anytime you have a problem, you have a battle. You have a temptation, trial. There's a mountain. What I want to encourage you to do is do what is natural. Do what is wise and pray for the supernatural intervention of a miracle working God. That's what we do. We do what we know to do. We invoke power that goes beyond what we have. Use this in every area of your life. If you're battling anxiety and you're having panic attacks, I recommend you go to a great doctor, but also pray in the name that is above every name. You invite the name of Jesus to help bring healing and freedom. 
If you've got emotional suffering, distress, someone abused you, someone mistreated you, someone harmed you, I highly recommend you go to a great counselor and let them bring about some healing and transformation. But always pray for any type of deliverance from demonic forces or lives will keep you in bondage. If you've got a child that's rebelling, be a wise parent. Take their phone away. Do it. Do it. They will live. Watch them change their behavior. Take their phone away. Monitor who their friends are and pray for divine protection against all the spiritual lies that are bombarding your children every single day. Do what is natural. Ask for God's supernatural. Someone is battling with alcohol. Man, 12-step program all day long. And the powers and the forces of spiritual intervention and warfare. Listen to me. You're going to be prompted. If you're in Christ, you're a spiritual being. You're spiritually connected to God. Watch for those promptings. When you remember that everything is not physical, that many, many things are spiritual, the Spirit will prompt you, every single one of you. The Spirit will prompt you today to reach out to somebody in church or say something to someone online or something. But follow those promptings when God pulls you to go and pray for somebody. When Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do? One of the things he did was he defeated darkness. What is darkness? I want you to think about this. What is darkness? Let me tell you what it's not. Darkness is not the opposite of light. So many people think it is. Darkness is not the opposite of light. What is darkness? Darkness is the absence of light. Darkness is the absence of light. Who is Jesus? One of the metaphors of Jesus is this. He said, I am the light of the world. If you are in Christ, the light of Christ dwells within you. John 1.5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Anytime there is a spiritual darkness and you walk into the room, light walks into the room and light always defeats darkness. If you are in Christ, you have authority over darkness in the name of Jesus. You take authority. You say it. You speak it verbally. I take authority over the darkness and the forces of darkness. Trying to lead my children away, I bind up every demonic force that is attacking them or my marriage. You do what is natural and you invoke the supernatural power of God. Why? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, against evil and spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God the belt of truth, the shoes prepared with the gospel of readiness of peace so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then church after the battle, after the battle, you will not be defeated. He will not steal from you, but you will be standing firm. Why? Because greater is in he that is in you than he that is in the world. Recognize you are not fighting for victory, you are fighting from victory. If you are in Christ, you have authority over darkness in the name of Jesus.
So Father, we ask today that you would do miracles as your church rises up and recognizes, God, we're in a spiritual battle. Give us faith, God, to be the light in the middle of darkness. Those of you would say, there may, there may be, and it may be spiritual. There's hurt, there's pain, there's challenges. I want faith to use the authority in the name of Jesus. I believe that his light, I need his power. I need his light to help overcome some trial or darkness. Would you just lift up your hands wherever you're listening, no matter where you are in the world today, you need a miracle in this way. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray, God, that you would have the wisdom to do what we can do. But God, we would have the faith to do and ask what we cannot do. God, do miracles. Do miracles. God, in any sense, any way, where there may be spiritual lies, forces of darkness attacking, we ask that you would bind those up in heavenly places. God, protect our minds from spiritual lies. God, replace them with truth. We thank you that greater is the risen Christ that dwells within us, that we have the same power that raises Christ from the dead inside of those who have been made new. God, help us to step into the gift of authority you have given us. Not our power, but the power of your risen son, Jesus. God, may we fight not just naturally, but fight spiritually. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world, our pow- ours are powerful spiritual, pulling down spiritual strongholds. Empower us, God, your church, as we keep praying. And I believe that maybe even some of you listening today, some of you right now, you don't really know where you stand with God. And let me tell you what's happening in another realm right now. There's a war for you. There's a war for you. You might be drawn to the things of God right now. And wow, there's something about this. Maybe I should give my life to God. Maybe there's more spiritually. And then there's a voice that's going to say, that's stupid. Don't get emotional. That's stupid. Why would you do that? Just, hey, do your own thing. You're fine. Listen, there's a war going on right now. There's a war. Your enemy is the father of lies. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The truth is not just an idea. The truth is a person. Jesus said, there's no way you can come to God except through me. If there was any other way, Jesus wouldn't have to have been perfect and died in our place. He was the Lamb of God. His blood slain on a cross. He died in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. And God raised him from the dead. It's not a temporary sacrifice. It's a permanent sacrifice. For the forgiveness of your sins, you're being drawn. You have a choice right now. You can listen to the lies or you can surrender to the truth. Those of you say, I recognize I'm not walking with God. I don't have his peace. When you call on that name, the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, God's here your prayer. He forgives your sins. You become completely brand new. You're not a better version of you. The old you is gone. A new you is born spiritually. Everything changes in a moment. Those who say, yes, I need his grace. Yes, I surrender. I turn from my sins. I give my life to Jesus. If that's your prayer, right where you're at, wherever you're listening, just lift your hands now and just ask Jesus to come into your life. And I believe and I know that he will. I am so excited for what God is going to do in this series. And I truly believe that if you live your life in God mode, 
you're going to live a life undefeated. Join us next week when we continue with Pigs Flying with part number two, and we're talking about the miracles of healing. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.